All right. If you just cut the bull, you're honest with yourself. The 2022 Baylor football season was a disappointment. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Tolp from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thanking you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. And look, I, I don't want to be negative because six and six is not something anybody wanted, and it's not something anybody expected to happen. So, in calling Baylor football their season a disappointment, this is not. I, I I'm have personal relationships with a lot of these players and a lot of these coaches. Um, with with a lot of you, the fans too, and I'm not trying to rag anybody or bring anybody down here. This is not me tanking uh, the team or trying to crash team morale or, or destroy a program or talk about how Baylor's in this terrible trajectory and everybody needs to be fired. They need to start over. I'm not going to go on one of those tirades that says this is the end for anybody at the Baylor football program, but. I do want to be a realist in saying this was a genuinely disappointing football season and you don't have to feel bad because because you think that way. I can't tell you how many people on social media in the last couple of weeks have tweeted at me or other Baylor fans and been like, well, things could be way worse if you were here 20 years ago, which is a great point. Now, I'm not trying to knock what, what 20 years ago was for Baylor, but it doesn't make 6-6 six and six this year a great year, all right? It, it's not 20 years ago. Baylor's expectations are much higher than they were in the year 2000 or 2001. Baylor football was a top 10 preseason team. That was too much. I am not going to sit here and say Baylor should have played the top 10 team. That's where they were preseason, and they're disappointing because they didn't finish in the top 10. No, I frankly hated a top 10 ranking, not because Baylor wasn't suited for that, but I love when Baylor's the underdog. They usually play, play better when they're the underdog, too. A top 10 team can usually only go down. Like, if you're a number 10 team in the country and you finish the year at number eight, that's kind of what you were supposed to do. And if you're the number 10 team in the country and you finish the year at six and six, then you become a football program that people across the country look at and say, that wasn't a good team. And Baylor football in 2022 just really wasn't that good. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either why this is the case. And again, this is not like a coaching tirade. We fire people. I, I, I'm confused, though, how you have a roster with names like Dylan Doyle and... Siaki Ika and Jackson player a defense with Christian Morgan. And you've got an offense with guys like who we thought Blake Shapin was going to be and who Richard Reese ended up being and Squirrel Williams and Quaylen Jones and Jacob Gall and Grant Miller. The entire offensive line is coming back. And there's so much based around how good Ben Sims is going to be. And you know, what can, what can Gavin Holmes do? And then going back to the defense, Garmin Randolph and Noah Rauschenberg is such a good place kicker or is so good at kickoffs. And then you got Matt Mayer, who's Matt Mayer, uh, basketball player. Matthew Meyer was also a basketball player. You have John Mayers. What? The kicker who comes and makes his unbelievable comeback, and he's so good, and Isaac Powers so good. Like, There's so many facets of this team that were supposed to be really good. And then they went 6-6. Six and six. So the, the, the folks that are out there, there are two sects, too, the two sects of people that I've gotten, I've run into. The one that's like, oh, it could be 20 years ago. Be thankful that Baylor's not 1-11. Okay, sure, I, I guess I am thankful for that, and they are going to a bowl game, so they're not the bottom of the barrel. But the other group of people that may be worse than that are the ones that, like, 
Well, Baylor's going to a bowl game, and they tried their darndest, and they still had a good year, and I love them Bears, and I'm not disappointed whatsoever. Look, maybe you get like a free pass in line in front of me at heaven. Maybe you go a little bit sooner. Maybe you get like a cool suite up there. It's a little bit bigger than my room. That's cool and all, but I just don't see how you can look at the full body of work of six and six without any detrimental injuries to this team and say, okay, Baylor football had a had a, a season that wasn't disappointing. Like, I'm not disappointed. No, yeah, six and six. That was, that was going to happen. Yeah, I saw that coming. Nobody's in that boat. I, there are people that came on this show in the preseason who I don't think are idiots, who I do think know their football, and said Baylor would go 12-0, and said Baylor would go 11-1. and I said 10-2. and Now, there, we're, we're not all idiots. That is the ceiling for this Baylor team with the roster, the talent they had. The schedule was stacked against them, but newsflash, everybody, one of the reasons that makes this even more disappointing for me is that it wasn't the schedule that tanked them. They were 3-3 three and three on the road. They went 500 and a really tough road schedule. Had you told me Baylor's going to beat Oklahoma on the road, beat Texas Tech on the road, beat Iowa State on the road, I'd have said, all right, sweet. That's an eight and four finish at least, at least. Maybe they lose the rest of the road games where they're going to be great at home. And they just weren't. The Bears just weren't what we all thought they were going to be. Who gets the blame for that? I don't know. I'm going to get to the quarterback conversation in the middle segment of the show because it's one that I've been either avoiding or denying. Yes, I have ridden the Blake Shapin train for so long. Now I'm probably probably going to hop off. I'm not going to die on that one. I'm not going to die on that hill. But talking in terms of 2022 as a complete football season, I sum it up as thank God basketball exists because as much as I love Baylor, and I'll tell you, like I pay too much money as a senior to go to this school, not to root for the football team. I'm not trying to bring anybody down. I'm not trying to be the downfall of anything or make some kind of dramatic statement about a season that was actually really good secretly. No, I'm just shooting you straight. As somebody who's a fan of the team, who goes to the school, who covers the team, I am disappointed in the 6-6 six and six 2022 Baylor Bears. And before you go upset at me and thinking, oh, this guy, he's just cynical and a pessimist. Had I told you three months ago, Baylor football was going to go six and six, you would have thought I was the biggest idiot in the world. You would have said, I didn't know anything about sports. Look at the roster. Look at Dave Aranda. Look at what this team's got put together. You would have said six and six would be the floor, the disappointing floor. Most people have the floor at eight and four. Baylor was two games below their floor. When Vegas came out, which Vegas knows everything, by the way, when Vegas came out preseason and said Baylor over under seven and a half wins, I laughed. We all laughed because there was no way this team was not going to win eight or more games. Lo and behold, here they are at six and six, and they will limp into uh, whatever bowl game they're thrown into. Am I still proud to be a Baylor Bear? Yes. Does me saying this season is disappointing make me any less than a Baylor Bear? No. And I understand that I didn't put in the time and the effort that these these players did. I, I, I wasn't in the locker room. I wasn't on the sidelines. I had nothing to do with the reason that Baylor won the games they won or lost the games that they lost. But from the outside perspective, from my perspective, it doesn't mean this wasn't disappointing for everybody out there who wanted this to be a playoff caliber, a big 12 championship caliber season, even a, a high tier bowl caliber season. And then it just wasn't. One of the reasons that I think that this collapse happened, it, it's a collapse, guys. 
It's a collapse. It, it's the most disappointing Baylor football season in a while. Dave Aranda's first year, the Bears went two and seven. It was his first year head coach in the middle of a pandemic. No one was like, oh, fire the coach. This is terrible. And I guess some people were, but nobody with common sense was. And nobody expected to win a national championship that year. There were people. Desmond Howard had Baylor in the college football playoff this year. The college football playoff. It's the most disappointing Baylor season in a long time. Because when's the last time Baylor had wildly high expectations and then just didn't deliver. Maybe talk about six straight wins and then your season kind of falls, but it's been a couple years since Baylor had the shoot for the moon mentality. And then instead of landing on the moon, you got about 15 feet and then fell somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. That was the script of this year. So all that to say, what what is the catalyst to why Baylor actually went six and six? I think it might be the quarterback. I'm going to reason with you guys who have been out there on me for the last month and a half, two, three months, and said it's the quarterback, and I keep saying no, I trust the quarterback, and we bring people on the show who trust the quarterback, a bunch of truthers, maybe I was wrong. You know who's not wrong, though? That is upside. Upside right now is where I go to make money. Uh, Get back 22. This is it right now. 2022, get money back. One thing that I've been able to do, grocery shopping, going out and getting gas, going to restaurants, is make money back through Upside. It's this incredible app that I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. So right now, to get started, download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. Get $5 or more cash back your first purchase of 10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at that restaurant or the business, whatever it is. You pay as usual with credit or debit card, and then you get paid. Credit card award company programs, or loyalty programs, whatever they are, those kick rocks. You can earn three times as much with Upside, and they have a 4.8 rating on the on the app store. Download the free Upside app, promo code LOCKED, to get five or more cash back in your first purchase of $10 or more. Use promo code LOCKED at Upside. Huh. You know who was supposed to have a lot of great Upside? It was Blake Shapen. I, I, I sometimes think that if I saw Blake Shapen on campus, that I, I would give him a hug, and I would hope that he would hug me back. Because I have so much on this show. If you're if you're a frequent listener, you know this. Have come to his aid, even when he didn't play well, or or even the TCU game last week. You know he didn't make the best decisions at all times. But Jeff Grimes, the offense, put up 500 yards, and I thought Shapen did fine. And then this week, uh, I think I think I've jumped off the bandwagon. I think you guys can win. And I saw one person out of all of the feeds out there on in the social sphere, I saw just one person defend Blake Shapen and say it was not his fault. Um, and it's tough to make that case. Mostly the eye test here. Like, you guys have been going off of numbers where I've been trying to pull out just the random facts and stats to back Blake Shapen up. But if I'm going by solely eye test, there are so many scenarios where it's, all right, open receiver. Shapen misses them entirely. Or what Jalen Ellis, like first play of the game, 75 yard touchdown, whatever it would have been, it would have been a long touchdown to shape and just missed him. Um, the others, open receiver, he hits him, but the spiral was non existent. Balls just wobbling all in and out there. So many times running backs and receivers in the Texas game specifically had to bail him out because of bad throws. Uh, a big telltale for me here QBR of 55.9, which by the way, Quinn Ewers, QBR 48. He's not very good at football either. He had a really bad game. Didn't have that great of a season either. Texas round game is what kept them in so many games this year. And that's what Baylor 
probably what well, could have kept Baylor in the game. They only had 101 rushing yards. That's not good. Shapin, though, 18 for 36. Oh, that's 50% passing. That is 50%. When you are getting the kind of blocking that he was getting on Saturday, Baylor's offensive line, I thought, only got better toward the end of the year. And that's what really opened up big holes for Squirrel Williams and Quaylen Jones and uh, these guys, Richard Reese. For Shapin, they're blocking. You've got time. I kept saying it on t- watching TV on, on Saturday. I had to watch it at home and kept saying, you got time. He's got time. He's got time. And it just equated to 18 for 36, 50% passing for 179 yards. And he threw the ball 36 times. It wasn't like they're trying not to throw the ball with them. Two touchdowns, yay, and an interception that that was it. That interception, you've got like, we need kahunas here. We, I, I get it. There was a point in the season where you're going, all right, six games in, Shapin's still learning. He's still a young new quarterback. But at some point in time, that stopwatch runs out. At some point in time, it's got to be two-minute drill, and you step up, and you're that guy. And I keep waiting for that. I keep holding out hope for that, and it just never happened. Now, this is not me. Again, I, I, like, I, I want everyone to understand, I don't get paid to rag these guys. I only want Baylor to succeed because it means good things for me across the board. But God bless You've got to call a spade a spade at some point. I haven't been doing that, and I now see the light. 18 for 36, not good. 179 yards, not good. That interception was pitiful. And this season, Baylor went with the more one-dimensional player. Shapin had more upside than Gary Bohannon throwing the football. And I think you saw that early on in, in like the Albany game, especially you're seeing a guy who's playing loose, who's playing freely and has a much better arm upside than Gary Bohannon, but his legs, his legs could get it done. There were so many times this season where it's like, all right, Blake, it's first and 10, second and 10, third and 10. You got to get 10 yards here for the first down. He runs it about seven yards and he goes and just falls over. It's like, Blake, you got Got to know where you are on the field. We got to we, we got to know what's going on right now. And you just didn't get that very often. That's not a very good sign. That's not a good sign. And you gave away a guy, Gary Bohannon, who just didn't play that way. Do I think it was the wrong decision? It, it would be pointless for me to say yes. For me to sit here and say that the Baylor coaching staff, you know, who know a lot more than I do, made the wrong call to go with Blake Shapin. To say that. I would be remiss because I don't know the ins and outs of that situation and why even play that game at this point when it's too late now. Gary Bohannon's at South Florida. Maybe that was the wrong call. Maybe Blair, Baylor wins eight games or nine games with Gary Bohannon at the helm. But who gives a crap? That didn't happen, and we can't reverse that. Now it's a simple fact of where does Baylor go next? And I just don't know that it can be Blake Shapin. I don't. As much as I've defended him and as much as I want it to be, because they sent out a whole quarterback who took Baylor to the Big 12 title in the Sugar Bowl. They sent out Gary Bohannon for Blake Shapin. That doesn't mean that he has to be the guy next year at the end of the day. And there will absolutely be a quarterback battle. There has to be a quarterback battle in the offseason because Shapin just wasn't what he was supposed to be. Why? I I have narrowed it down, I think, as to why Blake Shapin ended up being having the season that he had. He was the starting quarterback of a Baylor team that was disappointing. And the the offense wasn't entirely the problems, too. I don't want to throw it all on Blake Shapin's shoulders. The defense was bottom third in the league in rushing defense and passing defense. And those are the two ways that opposing teams gain yards. That's not a good thing. 
But Shapin had no confidence, man. I, I don't know whose fault it was. Um, I, I don't know. People I've heard blame blaming fans. You know, Blake doesn't have any confidence because you ever open Twitter, it's all bad stuff about him. Look, I guess what? You ever open Twitter and seen all the comments about how Bryce Young played because Alabama, he won the Heisman, and now this year they have two losses, or Quinn Ewers, God forbid. You ever open Twitter and seen the quarterback conversations about any college quarterback in America, even the best ones? They're not very positive all the time. You can't blame Twitter or radio shows or the fan base for a guy not having confidence. I can tell you why I, I just didn't see confidence in him. Because the end of the year, you saw so many players trying to talk him up, just trying to get something like, uh, please, Blake, you know, we, we, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. And every deep ball wide open, he's going to underthrow it. He's thinking, he's thinking, don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. You can see it in the way that he plays. I've talked to people close to the program that are coaches or staff or people near the program who've said the same thing, that it's like his thought process right now is just trying not to make a mistake, to try to bottle it up a little bit, to play a little bit more conservative so that you don't screw up and people aren't mad at you. And it just, it hasn't worked. That's not how you win football games. It's not, hey, you have great upside and play loose and, and win ball games. So, Dalen Ellis wide open deep, underthrow him. Why? Because he's trying not to overthrow him. He's just trying to be safe. Let's just be safe, and it's going to work out. You know what safe gets you? 18 for 36, 179 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and a loss. Shapin this season finishes with a 64% passer completion rate. That's good. 2,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and it didn't get it done. It just didn't get it done. In his last couple of games running the football, his last four games, I'll give you these stats too. I've mentioned that Blake Shapin is one-dimensional, and I'm going to stand by it. Seven attempts against Texas, zero yards. Seven against TCU for 20 yards. Against Kansas State, seven for 21 yards. Against Oklahoma, he ran the ball three times for six yards. Baylor lost their last three games, three out of the last four, that Oklahoma game being the only win. It's not good. It's not good. You want to know why six and six happened? The quarterback is has got to be up there is one of the reasons why your team either is really good or really bad in almost every scenario. Unless you've got just an all-star running back room, Baylor's is good. It's not all-star. You're going to need to lean on your quarterback. And they couldn't do that very often this season. You know what you can lean on, though? Before we hear from Dave Aranda in his postgame against Texas, you can lean on Nissan. Nissan, thrilling moment of the game. This one's easy for me this week. Usually, after Baylor losses, I'm pretty bad at picking thrilling moments of the game. But Gabe Hall. Nobody. I, I One guy, Gabe Hall, that I don't have hardly any qualms with. Gabe Hall's good at football, man. He was just good at football. I love Gabe Hall. Gabe Hall. Nissan thrilling moment. He got a touchdown. That was awesome. Um, and, and it put Baylor in a square position to possibly win the game late. The offense didn't score a point in the second half. Probably one of the reasons Baylor lost. So that's my thrilling moment from the Texas game was Gabe Hall scoring a touchdown on the scoop and score. Just a nimble play for a guy who is massive. Uh, this segment is inspired by the new thrilling designs featured across Nissan and their full lineup, including the Frontier Armada Pathfinder, all available at NissanUSA.com. Dave, uh, what would you think about that loss on Saturday? It's good to see you guys. Um, you know, feel for the team in there. A lot of, um, a lot of effort and a lot of... Um, Emotion, you know, um, credit to uh, to Texas for uh, their play, especially there in the second half. Um, 
was impressed by them. But um, just, you know, disappointed and frustrated and just, um, you know, our finish, you know, going into the game. Talked about uh, the importance of um, starting fast and, and, you know, there's been games where we have not done that. And um, here lately we've been able to do that and I thought we, um, I thought we, I thought we, we did that today. And then, you know, made a big emphasis on playing through adversity. And so, you know, um, getting into fights, so to speak, and taking punches so that we can land a punch of our own. And if that takes, you know, getting off the mat to do that, then pick yourself up and get off the mat and throw some more punches. And I thought, you know, in, in the, the uh, second quarter and early in the third, we were, you know, uh, we came back to, to, to grab a lead there was in the third quarter and I thought we were playing through adversity you know th those were the instances and you know the last thing we talked about was finishing strong and that is of course what we did not do and so I think that has held us back here these last two games particularly um, and I think you know there's there's a lot to be desired there just in terms of the um, the the energy but also the execution of it and so you know We'll take a couple days to um, kind of reset. I think it's been a tough couple weeks. And so uh, we'll come on back and really work to get that right for this last game that we have. And, um, you know, I, I think the, there's so much to be left to be desired with this team and uh, not giving up on it in any way. Take any questions you guys got. Maybe you mentioned the need to finish strong. Uh, how do you do that? How do you get that across? How does that come through? No, I appreciate that. I think it's a mindset. And then it's a, you know, you, um, you know it when you have it because there's an energy, there's a look in the eye when you got that. And it comes from a confidence at the end. It comes from a trust. And it comes from a um, belief, you know. And so I think, um, you know, we've had uh, instances of that throughout this year where we've, we've been able to finish if it's an Oklahoma game or an Iowa State game and that. But, you know, we've got to be able to be consistent with it, and we just have not. And it's been, um, you know, if we've got 11 guys, there's, there's nine that are on it and two that ain't, or 10 that are on it and one that ain't. And so, you know, that's the battle we are right now, or we have right now. In terms of uh, overcoming adversity and, and that kind of thing, is it sometimes is it – just getting out of your own way. I mean, you know, because not to take anything away from Texas, but sometimes y'all were your own worst. Enemy. Yes, and I think I think um, a lot of that is. That's, I appreciate the question. I think a lot of that is is um, you know the the trust in your teammates, trust in uh, kind of the the scheme and the the design and the call and kind of the work we put in and just all of it to. Um, um, to kind of do your 111th and not, you know, try to do the team's one half or whatever it is. And so I think the pressing and everything that you're alluding to uh, happens when, when pressure kind of sneep, uh, seeps in and creates abnormal behavior. And, you know, I think um, offensively for sure that showed up. Defensively, some of those big gaps or those big runs at the end, you know, were the same thing, a guy that was outside playing inside or vice versa.
Coach, how much do you use this month between the bowl game to work with some of the younger guys and almost use it like a camp period? Mm -hmm. And how much is it just normal practice getting ready for a game? No, that's a good question. I think a lot of it's going to be um, working to kind of reset, you know, just off these last couple, um, you know, games that we've had. They've just been tough games. So the emotions, you know, in the locker room right now are pretty strong. And so I think the ability to have a, a little bit of time off from all of it and to um, kind of get the, um, the appetite back to kind of go again and put yourself out there and all that I think is way important. And then I think once we do that, I think that's both players and staff. And then I think once we do that, then it's the ability to kind of focus in on these things that we're bringing up. Um, because for sure they're going to come up in this bowl game. And so uh, we'd love to, um, to be at our best in this game. And so that'll be a focus. But then I think the opportunity to get our young players reps and make it competitive and kind of build for the future is also a part of it. So I feel like we can do both. Coach, on those final two touchdown drives for Texas, they didn't throw the ball once. Mm -hmm. What caused you guys to just not be able to stop the run? Did you feel this about them? Yeah, I think I, no, that's a good question. I think the pressing, I think the trying to make a play when it's not your play, I think, um, oh, here we go again. I think all of those things. How much momentum did y'all have? I mean, it didn't seem like it carried over, but mm -hmm. there at the end of the half, the way that y'all were mm -hmm. playing, took the lead, how much momentum did you carry into the half? I thought at halftime it was, um, I thought there was a lot of confidence, but it was measured confidence, though. I thought it was, um, you know, I thought it was a, um, a calculating um, feel. You know, guys were talking the truth and were, um, kind of, um, you know, speaking um, honestly about, you know, um, the the thing to do or what to stay away from and what's working and what's not, and so appreciative of that. I thought that that coming out of it, I felt like we were in good headspace, but uh, you know, I I have to I have to believe that you know fighting through some of that adversity in that early third, and then getting to where it where it really mattered. Um, we were clearly not at our best. And so that's something that um, we've got to continue to work on. You brought up emotions a lot. Has the mood shifted in the locker room in the last three weeks since that OU win to now? Well, uh, frustration has, is, is there. You know, disappointments there. I think, um, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's winning, um, you know, you don't feel those things. Um, and I think winning at times can cover up things. Where I think losing just, um, you know, opens up everything, you know. And so every wound is kind of uh, fully, um, fully visible and fully open. And so, um, you know, our ability to kind of, to kind of run into that, man, and not, not pretend like we ain't seeing it and not address it and, and all that thing. I think is the the task we've had these last couple of weeks, and so it goes on. Dave, uh, I don't think y'all had a, tr a penalty until uh, that, that goal line play that mm -hmm. they had, where mm -hmm. what we called disconcerting signals mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, I mean, did you like what you saw from that standpoint in terms of the way y'all were able to you know, just pretty much play a clean game? Yeah, I think there's, you know, I think um, that's one of um, possibly a few where it's 
or instances where it's one step forward in one area and then two steps back in another, you know? And so I think, you know, the, the fight with the team is uh, to all collectively, you know, take a couple steps forward. And so one more opportunity for that to try to get that done. Thank you all. That was Dave Aranda following the loss to Texas. It's basketball season, guys. You just kind of roll over and move on to basketball because at this point, that's that's what Baylor's got to look forward to. Um, football was disappointing. And if you disagree, then comment below why, and I'll, I'll try to respond. But I just, I'm sad. I think you can be sad, too. You can still be a proud Baylor Bear and be sad about what you saw this season. This has been Come Back Tomorrow. We'll probably do some more football talk uh, along with basketball. This has been Always Will Be Locked on Baylor.